Amen. From Philippians 3rd chapter, the 9th and the 10th verse, let us use this thought this morning. Life will establish, increase, and test your faith. Life will establish, increase, and test your faith. Amen? And see, ain't nothing real until it's tested. You know, you hear for, oh, I got faith, has it been tested? Amen? I got a good spare tie, have you tested it? Have you ever put it on your car and put some weight on it? Have you ever put some weight on your faith? Because you can't really declare you got faith until it's tested. Somebody say, tested. You see, and, we, and, and, and I believe that this is brought out because you need to know what you got. You, you need to know. You, you need to know up front. That's what we're talking about in our relationship talk. These are, these are tools so you can measure and evaluate where you are. Because you might be in a toxic relationship or you might be in a healthy relationship. Either way, you still need to know where you are. Am I right about it? See, God gave every man a measure of faith. Aren't you glad about it? Think of it like this. Every child, the youngest of babies, have muscles. But they are just there. But until they go through the regimen of exercise and strenuous circumstances, will that muscle become strong. If, if you sit around all day long, and that's all you do, and you get ready to stand up on your legs, your legs will be weak. In other words, you need to use them or lose them. You need to use your faith or lose your faith. Am I right? I can't lose my faith. I beg the difference. Anything that you quit feeding will die. Somebody ought to say something. So every man has a measure of faith, and it's up to us to develop it. You say, God didn't give me no faith. you calling God a lie. God gave it to you. You're just not exercising it and using it so it, won't, so it will develop into more than you had at first. Therefore, God sent things, send things, allow things, whichever you want to say, to establish, somebody say establish, to increase, and to test your faith. So that in perilous times, in times where you really need it, your faith won't fail. It won't fail. And don't think you're going to never have a hard time. Don't think you're going to never have a difficult time. In perilous times, if you have applied your exercise regimen to your faith, your faith just might fail. But if you have done sit-ups in prayer, jumping jacks 
in worship, your faith won't fail. Somebody need to say that. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, exercise your faith. So when perilous time, so in perilous time, your faith won't fail. Somebody need to say something and give God some glory. Amen. I believe your faith holds comfort and keeps you until Jesus shows up to deliver you. I say, I believe. See, we are never comfortless. Your faith will keep you. How did that work, Pastor? I just believe God. I'm still in this situation, but I still believe God. You hold into your faith. God is on his way. And when he shows up, you'll stand up. Yes, you will. Am I right? So Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance, somebody said ingredients, of things hoped for, somebody said expected, the evidence, somebody say, proof of things not seen. I can't feel it. I can't touch it, but I believe it. And I'm going to stand right here until my change comes. Am I right about it? See, the dictionary defines faith as belief in, devotion to, or trust in somebody or something. Am I right? Especially without logical proof. Especially, for we walk by what? And not by what? We tend to believe those things that we can touch, taste, feel. Am I right about it? But faith, you can't touch it, you can't taste it, you can, but you sure can feel it. Am I right about it? Faith is mentioned in two scriptures in the Old Testament. And 229 scriptures in the New Testament. Now, what's the difference? Jesus showed up in the New Testament, and he was a shouter in the Old Testament. Somebody needs to say something. Am I right? Let us examine this powerful notion called faith. See, David shepherd is anchored in faith. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's anchored in faith. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's anchored in faith. I will fear no evil. That's anchored in faith. If you don't react to the situation, it doesn't bother you. Many times we let our minds run wild and our minds go places that it shouldn't go because our minds are not anchored in faith. What if this happened? I don't know what's, what's next for. Don't let your mind run wild. Be anchored in faith. I know everything is going to be all right. I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm in pain right now. I'm in despair right now. But I serve a God. Who's going to make everything all right? So I got to wait in faith. See, establish. We're talking about life will establish, increase, and test your faith. 
Establish is to start or set up something that is intended to continue or be permanent. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. In other words, you say you believe in God. You say you believe in Jesus. If you're saying that, you should be walking in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have what? Been taught. Uh-oh, that's the problem. It ain't that teaching ain't going on. It's about people making themselves available to be taught. Am I right about it? Somebody say increase. increase. Is to make or uh, become larger or greater. Lord, increase my faith. I, I, you know, when I was a child, I thought as a child, but now I am a man, a woman, I put away childish things. That means your faith has increased. Am I right about it? Your faith should be bigger than your child. John 2 and 11 says, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. In other words, he's saying this is the first miracle. This is the first example of life increasing and establishing your faith. And manifested forth in his glory. And his disciples believed on him. This is the first miracle that they ever seen Jesus perform. And they marvel and they start believing in him. Why, pastor? He said, bring me some empty crops. Fill him up with water. And he just talked to his daddy. And the water became wine. And then he was at a banquet, a marriage banquet. And they was drinking wine and they ran out. But when they drunk some of the wine from heaven, they said, you saved the best for the last. Oh, somebody ought to know today that your latter years will be your better years. Somebody need to say something. You might be going through right now, but look to the hills from which cometh your hair. Press towards that mark for the prize. Because if you believe in him, you know it's coming. Am I right? Somebody say test. Is a basic for evaluating or judging something or somebody to gauge somebody's knowledge, somebody's ability or experience. First Peter 4 and 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. You got to understand what this scripture is saying today. It says what? It says, and, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I might know. How do you know if you don't go through something? And the power of him. In other words, you want to know what power 
Jesus Christ got up with out of the grave. I preach it all the time. Power to heal, power to mend, power to establish you, power to save you, power to comfort you in times of crisis. That's the power. Paul said, I wanted to know what the resurrection meant and the power that came with it. Somebody say power. God said the other day, I give you power, love, and a sound mind. Ain't, ain't no use for a Christian being crazy, talking crazy, talking silly. Am I right about it? God said he gave us power. Somebody shout, power. You don't sit over there and put your power in a closet and try to keep it. You, power is to be used. Our power on this side is money. Somebody ought to say something. You don't put your money over yonder and ignore everything else. You, what you, you, power ain't no, money ain't no good to you until you spend it. Somebody say, I need to spend it. I didn't say all of it at the same time, but you do need to spend it. Am I right about it? Otherwise, it ain't no good for you until you. Am I right? So Paul is saying here, look, look, look. He said, I, I, he's building this case. Finally, my rejoice in the Lord. He's saying rejoice because that's what we're supposed to do is rejoice. We're not supposed to be sitting around long-faced, crying and wondering what to do. You should know what to do. Call on the name of the Lord. Am I right about it? He said, I write the same things to you twice. In other words, Paul said, this second letter I done sent to you. Talking about the same thing. But don't we learn through repetition? He said, beware of dogs. It's some dogs out there. Dogs. Beware of evil workers. Evil workers for the enemy. Don't, look, 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 look. You, you, you think you're safe? I just told you what happened last night in Greenwood, Texas. Mass shooting. People died. People got injured. Can't go nowhere. You're not even safe in your own home. Just yesterday, a, police, a policeman's son got shot in his own home. We just witnessed a woman getting shot in her own home. We just witnessed a man got shot in his own home. Don't you sit up here and think you safe. It's God that's watching over you. And that's why he's worried that. Oh, somebody ought to help me preach this morning. That's why he's worried that. We show up on Sunday morning saying, thank you. And into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Thank God I made it back again. Enter into his courts with praise. Lord, thank you. For if you don't have any, thank you for things being as well as they are. Thank you for going before me and, and warning me of potential danger. Thank you for covering my home. Nobody broke in on me last night. Thank you. Somebody ought to say something for the Lord. Paul is saying, you can say what you want to, 
You can brag on your flesh all you want to. You can brag, brag on your bank account, your status of living, where you work, what you, you can brag. He said, Paul said, I got more. It ain't what you think it is. Paul said, I was circumcised on the eighth day. Stock of Israel. Came out of the tribe of Benjamin. And a Hebrew of the Hebrews. As touching the law, I was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecution, concerning zeal, don't you run over that. You know what that is? There's a lot of folks zealous these days, but it's not according to knowledge. Zealousness is nothing but a devotion. I love the Lord. He's done so much. Yeah, you can offer lip service all you want to, but we're talking about tested faith. See, folks offer lip service for people. When you pray, if your heart ain't in it, God didn't hear it. Zealousness. Persecuting the church. Paul is giving his testimony now. You got to know what this is. He said, I did all of this. He said, touching the righteous, I persecuted the church, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those things I count lost to Christ. So, so Paul is giving his testimony here and said, in other words, you don't have any excuse. Don't try to push yourself where you don't need to push yourself. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You need to always be humble. The more God bless you with, the lower you ought to get. Am I right about it? You know, we, 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 we know some pompous and some proud folks. They just, God ain't with that. He hates a proud look. Just be humble. Be humble. Paul said, he said, I found in him not having my own righteousness. See that? You see what Paul is saying? Which is of the law, but, but, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I believe. That's all I need to do. I need to believe. It's already done. I need to believe. Somebody say to your neighbor, neighbor, do you believe? And if you believe, everything falls in place from there. Am I right about it? That I may know him. I don't worry about the things I go through. It's to know him. I don't worry about the circumstances I am. It lets me better know him. In other words, I, God, I didn't know you could do that. Now I, my faith is increased. God, I didn't think you would, would get involved with a minute matter. You say, oh, that's too big. That's too little for God. God's, Paul is saying he deals with the big as well as the small, and it lets you know him because he comes out of nowhere and delivers you quicker than right now and sooner than it was, and it increases, it establishes, and it tests your faith. See, the next time you're in that situation, you say, I'm going to stand right here and wait on the Lord. Child, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not putting it on the Facebook. 
I'm not putting it on Twitter. I'm going to stand right here and wait on my chain. Because he, he did it then, he'll do it again. He did it then, he'll do it again. How many times has God blessed you in the same situation? And that establishes us. That increases us. And that tests our faith. Now we know what we're working with. We are not working on lip service. We are not working on happenstance. We are not working on I hope, I wish. We're not working, but we're working on faith. Faith in a living God. Faith in a right now God. Faith in a God that does not sleep, neither does he slumber. He's quicker than right now. He'll answer your call. I say wait on him. I say wait on him. He's not absent, and he hears your beck and call. Ain't God all right? What, what kind of God that is so mighty? Who would care about poor little old man? What kind of God will hear all our prayers and know my prayer from yours? What a mighty God. In fact, we used to say that, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. He's mighty, y'all. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He's all you need. So, 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 so you got to know. Jesus knew that in order for us to strive in this world, we would need power from on high. He already knew it. That's why he gave us power. We can speak to things and they will move. Try speaking to yourself. And you will move. Am I right about it? So he already knew. The closer we hung towards the end, more faith would be required. Again, we were just talking about this morning. He said, Me and my wife, you know, we went to college and stuff. We parted and we, you know, folks in the midst of two or three hundred folks. We didn't never have to worry about nobody coming in there with no automatic weapon and shooting up. But now, folks are coming into theaters. Folks are going into shopping malls. Folks are all over. They're sneaking in a crowd of people just killing folks. That's the work of the enemy. See, if you really knew scripture, the scripture says this world will wax colder and colder. You better know who your friends are because time is winding up. Those people that you've been just hanging around, you need to cut, cut, cut. If they're not adding, they take it. So the, the, as we hurl towards the end of time, more faith will be required. See, some of that we can see right now. We're we, we in the midst of emptyism. Uh, your pastor just made that up. But the chairs are empty. Everybody ain't sick. Some folks have been discouraged. Some folks have been snatched up by the enemy because their lack of faith. 
Joshua said the other day, for me and my house, I ain't got nothing to do with your house. I pray that you are like me. But for me and my house, we will praise the Lord. Somebody ought to say something. It, it, it's a saying that, hey, we, if you see something, you need to speak to it. Well, I don't want to spare their fear and hurt their fear. Hurt them. They'll thank you when they miss hell. sister for telling me my wrongness. Thank you for being my friend. I'd have been hell bound if you hadn't came into my life. But because of your testimony of what Christ did for you increased my faith because you said if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if he does it for me, he'll do it for you. Ain't God all right? Ain't he all right? So the closer we get, the closer we get to the end, more faith. For he told Peter in Luke 22, 31 through 32, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Simon. You know, Peter was his boy. Now, Peter wasn't perfect. Peter had a nasty mouth. He would cuss when he got up in the morning. And he would fight. He would cuss and fight. But he was still God's man. See, I'm of the opinion everybody just need, don't need to be meek and armor. I need some fighters in the Barnabas house. I need somebody who ain't scared. God gave you the strength to stand. Am I right about it? Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you. Satan wants you because you are brag. You are, are, are causing more people to come into the kingdom. So when you get on mission for the Lord, Satan turns up the heat on you. Satan don't want anyone saved. You don't want anyone saved. He wanted to call us to hell. But Satan is a liar. And he's accuser of the brethren. He's desired to have you. That he may what? Sift you as wheat. I'm reading from Luke 22, 31 through 32. But I have what? Jesus said, I have prayed for thee. I know Satan is on your trail. Jesus said, I have prayed for you. I prayed for my father to keep him. I prayed for my, to my father to protect him. He, he's talking about us. The brethren, when he said brethren, that's us. That thy faith fail not. I'm glad, y'all, that somebody prayed for me. For in perilous time, my faith won't fail. And when thou art converted, when you are completely, what? Convinced. Strengthen thy brother. Tell somebody that everything is going to be all right. Tell your neighbor.
that everything is going to tell your coworker. That everything going to tell your family. Everything going to be all right. You're going to have to go through trials and tribulation on this side. But where you're going can't be compared with what you're going through. Am I right about it? He prayed for that our faith fairly not. So you got to know that God allows the trouble and he will get you out of trouble. I say God will allow you to get in trouble so he can show you how he can get you out of trouble. See, look at the three Hebrew boys. Look at Daniel in the lion's den. Look at Peter in the Philippian jail. Look at Paul and Silas, and they were in jail. You got to know uh, that he didn't save you to destroy you. You got to know that he didn't save you to deny you. You got to know he saved you to protect you and to pull you into his image. Ain't God all right? Uh, you got to know that these things come to establish. Uh, they come to increase and, and they come to test our faith in a true and a living God. Am I right about it? For he came on down through 42 generations. Uh, he came down uh, to tear down the petition of sin. He came down to be born in Bethlehem. And right about it, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was laid in a feed trough. Am I right about it? The Bible calls it a manger, and a manger is nothing but a feed trough. Pastor, why did he lay in a feed trough? Because in a feed trough is where you put food, and he said that he's food. Am I right about it? He said he's water for the thirsty, and he's food for the hungry. So they laid him uh, in a feed trough. Am I right about it? He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and swaddling means uh, birth clothes and also death clothes. Uh, back in the day, swaddling was old milk rags. And when a baby was born, they wrapped him up and so his bones would mature correctly. We wouldn't have bow-legged. He wouldn't have a, a joint out of place, so they wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and then swaddling also means that he was wrapped in death clothes. Am I right about it? When they laid him in that tomb, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Am, am I right about it? So I'm of the opinion uh, that he was being born, and then he was being prepared to die. Ain't God all right? Uh, Ain't he all right? He was caught into an old rugged cross. They stretched him wide. They put nails in his hands. They put a spike through both feet. They pierced him in the side and put a crown of thorns on his brow. Ain't God all right? You got to understand 
that he's our Passover. Because our Passover, they had to have a perfect lamb. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a perfect lamb. Ain't he all right? They spread it blood over the doorpost and on each side. But if you notice, God, Jesus had blood on his head and he had blood on his side. So everybody that believe on him, the Bible said the deaf angel would pass over. That don't mean you gonna die. This means a spiritual death. Am I right about it? Ain't God all right? They put him in a borrowed grave. He stayed there all night Friday night. He stayed there Saturday night. But early, somebody shouted early, early, Sunday morning. He got up. He got up. Didn't the Lord get up with all power in his hand? Power to establish our faith. Power to increase our faith power to test our faith ain't God alright ain't he alright he's coming back again to receive his church looking over to the graveyard saints start coming up out of the grave look over to the live saint they start changing in a moment at the blink of an eye we'll be called up Yes, we will. We'll be caught up. Yes, we will. we be caught up. Caught up. Caught up. And going home with Jesus. I know he's all right. Is it anybody in the building? No, the Lord's all right. Has he done anything for you? Has he been talking to you? He's here. I know he's here. He's present. I know he's present. Somebody shout, yeah! Yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, Lord. Yeah! Keep on working on me. Keep on working on me, Jesus. Keep on working on me. I want to know... Don't you want to know? I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to know him just as he is. I know he's all right. I know he's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, 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 turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't mean to worry you, but neighbor, ain't God all right? Is it anybody in the building? No, the Lord's all right. Won't he come about you? Won't he heal you? Won't he bring joy? And won't he bring peace? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
thank you for your word. He allows these things to come so you will know. Paul said, now we know that all things work together for good. Not for the good, but for good. You know what the good is? Establishing, increasing, and testing our faith. So when bad times come, when traumatic times come, when uncertain times come, our faith will not fail. Somebody give God some praise. The doors of the church are open. The privilege is extended. There might be somebody